everyone, and welcome to the Rising Stars podcast. I am your host, Brianna Moriarty. We have a very exciting guest today, Mark Fraker. He is the VP of Marketing at Blue Star. He served on the board of directors for the RSPA and is commonly known as kind of an expert in our industry. So I'm really excited to talk to him and hear some of his insights today. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Brianna. But I think you need better research on me after that. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think some would argue that it is. Um, But can you start off by telling us more about your background in the industry and what you do at Blue Star? Certainly. So um, I have a long career. Actually, at 23, I uh, bought my first restaurant and opened it up. And 15 years later and nine restaurants later, I made the biggest mistake ever made in my life. And I traded stock with a hundred year old restaurant company and went on board with them to fulfill my obligations. And um, I, after that, I'll say didn't pan out as I thought it would. Uh, I started a couple of other companies in the wholesale bakery business. And eventually from that and some consulting work in hospitality, um, I ended up in the POS um, software business and bought a POS software company. And that's how I met the folks at Blue Star. And uh, I joined Blue Star the 22 years ago this coming May. So it's been a, it's been a great uh, ride at Blue Star all these years. That's great. And tell me about your background at Blue Star. Have you always been on the marketing side of things? <laughs> I actually started uh, on the sales side. Okay. I was um, worked in sales for the, I think the first year or two years and then um, decided that uh, there was a opening in the marketing department and I moved over and became the vice president of marketing. I'm going to say that was probably 17 years ago. No, more like 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Well, for those that are familiar with our industry, um, I think everyone knows that Blue Star is a really well-known name in the point of sale and retail technology space. So can you tell us about how Blue Star got its start? Certainly. So Blue Star has actually been around um, as United Radio Incorporated, DBA Blue Star, since 1929. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've always been in the electronics uh, business. In fact, we used to be the... um, largest Sony distributor uh, in uh, North America for quite a few years when there was a TV repair shop on every corner in every city in the United States. But as time went on, we had to reinvent ourselves. And uh, believe it or not, I think you probably already know this, that the first point of sale hardware that we ever sold was a Star Micronics um, uh, printer. And we put the Star Micronics printer on the counter and people started buying it. And we thought, wow, this is really something. Mm -hmm. And um, so our sales went up with uh, the POS printer. We started bringing on other point of sale lines. And we really were born out of point of sale then in in the 80s and into the 90s. We got into advanced data capture And at that time it was AIDC. Mm -hmm. And from there, uh, that brought in another group of resellers, I'll say from the other side of the channel and technology to RFID and 
you know, now we're into everything from AI and AR and blockchain and machine to machine, machine to human, um, you know, you name it, deep learning and autonomous anything. Uh, we see that as being uh, uh, really those, those newer technologies laying over some of the other technologies, the older ones uh, like RFID and ADC and such. Yeah. So you mentioned resellers and POS software, which in our channel, we commonly refer to as ISVs. Um, tell me about how Bluestar works with those resellers and ISV partners. Okay. So number one, uh, Bluestar only sells to resellers. Okay. Someone with a reseller certificate. And we sell to approximately 11,000 resellers in about 117 countries around the world. So we have offices throughout the Americas and EMEA to, and warehouses to service all of, of those uh, resellers. Now, I know you call them independent software vendors or ISVs. We changed that name a couple of years ago from the Blue Star side to technology software companies or TSCs. And the reason we did that is as we were building our software company relationships, uh, we found that more and more of the folks uh, were younger. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what ISV meant when they were coming into the channel. In fact, when we said, do you want to be an independent software vendor? They said, no, you know, I want to own a technology company or a technology right. software company. So that's why we changed it. But uh, we embrace the technology software companies uh, 100% at Blue Star. We have programs set up just for them. And right now, I think in our, our Tech Connect program, we have probably right around, I'm gonna say 2,900 or 3,000 um, technology software companies. Wow, that's incredible. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the Tech Connect program and I know Blue Star is really unique in that they have a lot of specific programs for VARS too. So can you tell me more about those programs and kind of how they came to fruition? Sure. So the Tech Connect program, which sort of is the basis for this uh, software company uh, relationship, used to be called ISV Connect. And that mm -hmm. ISV Connect had been around for, I'm going to say, probably five years, six years. But we had been embracing software companies all the way back to uh, 1990. Right. Um, you know, without software, the hardware is just a doorstop and without hardware, software is just a bunch of ones and zeros. So it yep. was evident early on, you had to have both of them to, to have a business model. Mm -hmm. um, but the Technica, the Tech Connect program has really blossomed over the last few years. And we brought in a lot of other value adds, uh, which I'm sure you're going to ask me about from uh, AppWar Solutions, which is an end user demand generation program mm -hmm. to um, our hybrid SaaS, uh, which allows for a um, financing of a subscription-based model to our Varcom, which is uh, for marketing for resellers as well as uh, software companies. And then our like in a box or our you know, custom config uh, group as well in all of our warehouses. 
Yeah, a lot of other distributors in the channel don't offer these, you know, specific resources and programs for their bar partners and ISVs. Um, so I want to get a little deeper into the Tech Connect. You guys do the Tech Connect tours, and this year with COVID, you guys had the Tech to You tours with the awesome truck. If anyone um, was at RSPA or Bar Tech, they probably saw that. Um, tell me more about how the Tech Connect um, program is helping ISVs or TSCs in Blue Star language um, to grow and succeed in the channel? So, you know, we put, we've made every mistake in the book. I can tell you that for sure. And um, through that, those have been a great learning experience. And what we've done is we use some different uh, resources to find out where the technology companies are, um, we want to understand what is the main technology that they have in their solutions and such. So whether it's, you know, goes from point of sale to healthcare, to government, uh, aerospace, wherever. Mm -hmm. But um, when, when we put together the program, um, we have our business development managers around the world, of which we have around 80, that are out helping research um, the software companies. Mm -hmm. Now, in 2019, there were approximately, oh, I'm going to say they were talking about about 150,000 technology software companies in North America. And by 2027, there's going to be over a million. Wow. So that is all happening because of the development maturity of APIs. And people are getting a lot nichier in the programs that they're writing. So we built a program that would go out and embrace everybody. And in that, we really look at two distinct things. One, where the number one technology that they sell, where's that technology in the technology hype curve? And I think a lot of people know about the technology hype curve. It, it comes up like this and then it drops off and then it slowly rises back up. Best example I can give is RFID. In, in 2005, you know, people said, this is the year of RFID. And in 2006, they said, no, this is the year of RFID. They're still saying that. And how many years have gone past, right? Right, yeah. Um, so that's the technology hype curve. The other <laughs> thing that we look at is the maturity cycle of the software company themselves. So as a company grows, they get to a certain point and they make a decision, should I stay direct sales model or go to indirect? And from that, that might branch up or might branch over here until they get all the way over to after their growth to their maturity side of which then they decide, do I need to adapt and reinvent myself or do I go through the MA process? So we take those two curves and then we have about 30, 32 attributes that our business development folks are uh, talking with the tech companies and finding out you know, what the answers are. And from that, we put it into a algorithm and it comes back really with a numeric score that we've tweaked over the years. And from that numeric score, we know or have a really good idea can we embrace them and can that be a good experience for them and a good experience for Blue Star and our channel partners like Star Micronics? Mm -hmm. And if it can, then we bring them into the Tech Connect program. 
And I got to tell you, though, you know, since the beginning of the year, we've, we've analyzed probably 3,000 companies and we've only brought 570 some into the program. Those other ones are what we call science fair projects. They're not quite ready for prime time. They're not ready for the channel. And some have been around for years. Mm-hmm. They're not small companies, but it would be a science fair project to us to invest in them and try and bring them in the channel and reap the rewards of, you know, partnering with a company like Star Micronics. That makes sense. We, I mean, as you know, Star Micronics is very focused on our software partners and we kind of take a software first approach in terms of integration and our integration numbers have grown so much in these past couple of years. And as you mentioned, I think, the access and the ease of developing technology now is really making the market a little more saturated um, in a way. So if you were to give one piece of advice to ISVs that are entering the channel, what would that be? I think that's pretty easy. It's partnerships, partnerships, partnerships. I think the, you know, the big thing behind our Tech Connect program is we want people to come to us and say, I want to enter the channel because I'm looking for X. And hopefully we have X or have partners that are X. You know, we want to tell them if you're going to enter the channel, move forward, making a step with your left foot first, right? Not your right foot, your left foot. And I think truly that's what they're looking for is guidance to how do you pick the right partners? The hardware vendors, you all are making, um, products that are purpose built, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the new uh, software companies coming to the channel are using consumer devices. And it's not until they come and embrace the channel and find out, hey, there's all these purpose built products that do the job a lot better, a lot longer, and a lot more efficient than a than, excuse me, a consumer built device. And that is a challenge uh, with some of them. They, they don't know who to pick, who's the easiest to partner with. So I've got to say that it's probably the, the partnership is, is the thing that is uh, the one thing they should focus on coming into the channel. And the second would be almost every single um, software company that we've ever dealt with started out as a direct um uh, sales model, right? They were selling direct. Mm-hmm. When they go and enter the channel and go to an indirect model, the problem with some of them is they've already established their pricing to a point that they don't have enough room in the margin stack to do what we would call a double margin stack, a double margin stack and in going into the channel and having to have a decent margin stack for the resellers that will resell their products. So mm-hmm. I would say those are probably the two things that I would recommend that they get under control before coming in. For sure. Would you recommend that um, ISVs that are new to the channel or just the point of sale industry, you know, build that reseller channel first then if, if going direct kind of, you know, can cause ripple effects in the pricing or how they do business down the line? Well, most of them are starting out selling direct, right? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to take, to, to lower the price, but very hard to take the price up. And there are rule sets. And, and this is why, you know, we encourage and, and why we're looking at 
um, software companies out there that have direct sales models, we're saying to them, let us even help you establish your pricing model, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are formulas that can be used in templates to say, uh, this is what my list price is. This is what my um, minimum advertising pricing is. In the, and this is what I will sell it to a distributor for. And this is what, you know, we would like the resellers to sell it for. Right. Once you make sure that all those percentages are in line and whatnot, it makes it very easy to stay in the channel, go into the channel or come out of the channel, right? So map pricing, list pricing, uh, distributor pricing and reseller pricing. The other thing is some of them even should look at having um, partner programs, right? For different levels of pricing dependent on what their commitment is to that particular software company. Um, really to get back to your question though, should they look at this prior to coming into the channel? Absolutely. Because someday along their journey of maturity, they're going to look at coming into the channel and selling direct. Right. I couldn't agree more. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit, but we're first going to take a really quick break to talk about STARS and United Stands. If you're tired of having a clunky, unorganized point of sale, look no further. STARS and Unite tablet stands are built to unify your point of sale to create a clean and seamless checkout experience. The Emunite stands are built to accompany STARS MC Print 3, TSP 103, TSP 652, and MPOP printers. They feature a durable steel build, sleek cable management, and universal visa mounting for STARS Universal M enclosure or any visa compatible enclosure or touchscreen device. Unify your point of sale today and visit starmicronics.com to learn more. So Mark, as much as I think everyone wants to avoid the topic, um, you know, we're all well aware of supply chain issues and component shortages that are presenting some major challenges, not only in our industry, but industries, you know, all over the world. Um, so what do you think that bars can do to help navigate their customers through these challenges and set realistic expectations for the upcoming year? Well, so first of all, I there is going to be a problem with uh, components. There is going to be a problem with supply chain and it's going to be with us, uh, you know, well into 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I guess it's a, it's like the perfect storm. And the reason it's a perfect storm because you have number one, a shortage of drivers. You have a shortage of cargo ships. You have a shortage of containers you have all of this backup. And when you look at all of that together, it's affecting every single industry, but especially ours because of the chip shortage, right? Um, there's always been a lot of things. Do you, do you use a real smart chip or do you use one of the older technology chips? You know, in Kentucky at the Kentucky Speedway, there's tens of thousands of Ford trucks sitting there that are brand new made waiting for chips so they can be delivered. Mm -hmm. Um, Auto industry is even looking at some of their models and discontinuing some of the features. So if you want to buy a Ram truck, for example, with a backup camera on it, 
you can only get that on the luxury models. That is not an option on the entry models like it used to be. Right. Um, we're hearing where a lot of our vendors in the channel are looking at how do you use one chip, uh, let's say in a handheld device to perform multi functions so that a second chip isn't needed uh, to expand their production. So it's gonna be here, um, it's unfortunate, but it's something that uh, the whole channel faces. You know, a lot of the vendors have gone to allocation already. And what allocation means is it's not LIFO, right? Mm -hmm. So we could, uh, excuse me, FIFO, we could put our uh, orders in right now. And that does not mean that we're going to get ours in that order. Right. Uh, and that's a tough uh, place to be. When we look at um, our folks within our own um, database, you know, we see where, you know, your tiers one and two are getting. Uh, more allocations than the lower tiers. However, the lowest tiers within our group, which would be the SMB type reseller and software company, you know, most of them do their, their business within a hundred mile radius of their offices. So, you know, their customers, their kids go to the same school, they go to the same church, uh, the same restaurants and so on. And what they'll do is they'll switch out a product a brand mm -hmm. and take it so that they can keep their friend and their, you know, business partner up and running. And uh, so if I look at what we call distinct orders since the beginning of the pandemic uh, with our lower tiers, uh, four and five, I mean, it's just like this. It hasn't changed, right? It, I mean, they're getting product, they're making changes. If you look at the two middle tiers, uh, I'll say the bottom of tier two and all of three, it's like this mm -hmm. because it depends on allocations. So as long as that's going on, uh, Blue Star is going and ordering. I mean, in some cases we are ordering out <clears throat> into the late um, Q2 of 2022 already, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting ready to start placing orders for Q3 of 2022 lead times that used to be five or six weeks with some vendors are out over 30, 35 weeks. Right. That makes it very, very tough. And my advice to the, to the resellers and the software companies is you gotta be totally transparent with your distributor. Um, you know, order early, mm -hmm. make it known to your uh, customers um, that if they want this product and they want it on time, they need to place orders early and you need to purchase early. I, I hate to say that, but that's what it comes down to. If there is a, a, a purchase, a PO in place and the purchase is there, then it's going to ship. Absolutely. And how do you see this, I guess, supply chain issue and the shortages of at least our products in the channel affecting the retail and hospitality industry as a whole? Well, I, I, right now, everybody has a problem with labor inside of the merchants, right? Or the restaurants, uh, th that's number one issue. And the one way to correct that is to make them much more uh, efficient. Technology is what's doing that for them. But if you can't bring the devices in to help manage that efficiency, you, you can't gain 
And so what's back to your normal opened hours. So I'm seeing restaurants in my travels where they're not open every day of the week like they were before, mm-hmm. or you know they're closing early. Uh, how many times have you gone into a restaurant and you know the service is uh, not up to par? It takes a long time to dine. Tables aren't turning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the key to profitability in a restaurant. So, yes, it's going to definitely have an impact to us and our channel. What we need to be doing is looking at these solutions that sometimes use a slightly different technology or some of the newer technologies that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. How do you take those and deploy those within the operation, sometimes with existing hardware and software? And then what is the plan to gradually move that forward, right? An example would be <clears throat> credit cards are taken in every merchant in every restaurant. Mm-hmm but how do you allow them to take that at the table without a wait staff person present? There's right. devices out there that do that, okay? Those are going to help keep the wait staff moving back and forth between the kitchen and other tables, as opposed to standing there, swiping a card or taking the card back to a uh, wait staff stand and processing it. So there's a lot of things that can happen. Ordering online, you know, payment from your phone, um, all of the curbside pickup, all of that. We need to really take in a lot of different solutions to our merchants and say, here's the ones that we can supply right now. Which can you take and, and move forward with? Absolutely. And I like what you said. I think technology is going to start supplementing for a lot of those labor shortages, which, you know, may be good for us and our business, Um, not so much for the economy as a whole, but I definitely see, you know, the self-service and, um, you know, things of that nature taking over for a lot of these labor shortages. Yeah. You know, they, they say one of the top 10 disruptive, um, technologies that's happening right now. I mean, this isn't down the road. It's right now is what they call hyper automation. Mm-hmm. Hyper automation is where you can take any part of a business's operations and streamline it without human, human intervention, right? So whether that's like an EDI transmittal or like we were talking about, everything's on the table for them to process a, a credit card um, without the help of uh, wait staff. Those are the things that are going to win in the immediate future as they streamline all of these different processes for our you know, end user customers. Right. So we are just kind of coming off of Blue Star's big show, BarTech, um, that happened last week at the point that we're recording this, um, two weeks ago, if you're listening live. Um, and BarTech is commonly known to be a huge show for emerging trends and technologies in our space. So what were some common themes that you saw at this year's BarTech that you think are going to be something to keep an eye on for the next year? That's that's a great question. And, you know, every time we design a, a BarTech, we look at what technologies and, and what trends and, and things are happening. I thought one of the speakers made a great comment. There's all these, I'll say, deep water trends that are moving way deep under the water that are causing ripples on the top 
that immediately are affecting us. One of those is reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that's happening is because our, our channel is getting a lot younger. And you and I have actually had conversations about this before that there's going to be 60% of our channel will retire by 2024, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just you know, two years out practically, right? Yeah. And, and then when you look at by the following year in 2025, 70 plus percent of the decision makers are going to be millennials or younger. And their consumption of technology is totally different than someone might. The way, the way you consume technology, totally different than mine, right? right. That's expected. But when you're going to do that, it's subscription-based. Mm -hmm. And what we're finding out and why we put the Tech Connect program in place in, in our hybrid SaaS was to say, okay, if someone is going to uh, finance a subscription base, it's not always you use the software another month, you owe us for another month, right? Mm -hmm. Take last mile delivery. And that's going to affect a lot of people that are listening to this podcast because pretty soon you're going to have something delivered in a little six wheel or three wheel robot to your college campus or to, to your home or your apartment, your condo in a major metropolitan area in the next few years. And guess what? The company might price that not by the number of orders that are placed, it might be the number of miles delivered. It right. might be the number of transactions. So reoccurring revenue. Everybody's trying to figure out how do you take hardware, software, and services, roll it in together, sell it as a subscription model with consumption all over the place. Mm -hmm. We've been able to do that through our hybrid SaaS program. So going back to your question, one of the other big things was the hybrid SaaS program at uh, Blue Star. One of the challenges for a lot of these software companies, but more so for the resellers in our industry, is that they have not transformed from a CapEx uh, basis to an OpEx or subscription-based model. Mm -hmm. They pay their sales reps on a CapEx. The movement is to OpEx. So in order to bridge that, there is a cash flow that has to be met. Through our hybrid SaaS, if the reseller wants to go out and sell an OPEX or a subscription base, they can. However, they can receive all their money up front on the day of the install and mm -hmm. pay their sales team accordingly, but their customers get to reap the benefits of an OPEX. We have a rip and replace. If I said to you, are you going to use your cell phone in, in three years? You're going to tell me, no, you're going to have a new one. So why would we expect someone to use our same star printers and, and cash drawers and scanners and everything else in three to five years. We should. We should put the newest and greatest in there. And we have a finance program that does that. So reoccurring revenue and the hybrid SaaS program were probably two of the big things that I heard over and over again. And one of the other ideas that we injected in, which a lot of people I don't believe have experience within our channel and that's programmatic advertising or what they call pdo p d o o h mm -hmm. and um 
the people who are on this podcast, you need to come and find out from Blue Star about uh, PEDO because here's the thing with programmatic advertising. With just two screens in a restaurant, whether they're hanging in the front window or if they're in an electric vehicle charging station out front, those two screens will generate more bottom line margin for a reseller than taking credit cards in that restaurant. That's unbelievable. And in some cases, more than double the amount of reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that's totally different and why this is going to catch on like wildfire is programmatic advertising not only develops a revenue stream and margin stack for the reseller or the software company, it does for the restaurant owner or the landlord of where that restaurant sits. Mm -hmm. There's enough money to the landlord or the restaurant tour, for example, to pay for the entire solution. So what other solution is out in the channel right now where our resellers and software companies go out and sell and there is a margin um, program put in place for their customer? There isn't, right? It mm -hmm. might make them more efficient, might drive their sales up, but one that actually gives them a revenue stream. So I think programmatic advertising will be something that we'll hear a lot of in the very near future. Those were the biggest hits at, at Bartech this year. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I think almost every conversation I had revolved around recurring revenue and you know it came up in almost every solution session, general session and um, people were really excited about the car charging stations and the opportunities there. Um, so yeah, I mean, not to interrupt you, but I mean, I know you were there for the second morning when we had the um, had the opening session, and what we were talking about was the, our Tech Connect Live, where the uh, software companies get ninety seconds to say, "I came to Vartech looking for X," and someone in the audience is going to go, "Hey, I'm X." I'm mm -hmm. gonna, would come together. How many of those people, there were 39 of them, how many people said reoccurring revenue in the 90 seconds they had? I was shocked. I mean, it that's was- about every single one. That's right. <laughs> I was gonna say it had to be over three quarters, 80%. Yeah. It, it astounded me, yes. Well, we've talked a lot about the different programs that you guys offer and, you know, it might have already answered my question, but I want to kind of wrap things up by asking, what do you think sets Blue Star apart or differentiates you guys compared to other distributors in the channel? You know, I think we've talked a lot about those, but, you know, all the distributors, and there's a lot of great ones in the, in the channel. I mean, you have to be able to pick, pack, and ship. If you can't do that, you're not a distributor, right? But Blue Star has always built um, its business on relationships. And basically, if you can help enough people get what they want out of life, you, you can get what you want out of life. And, and the same holds true in, in business. You know, a big difference is a one-to-one -one relationship with all of our sales reps. Every customer we have has one rep that they call and talk to it. it doesn't go into a pool and round robin around they mm -hmm. call one person i think the the other thing you have to look at is the tenure of our employees um when you look at our management staff i mean uh people you know i think the average year in our vice presidents and above in our company 
the average tenure is like 17, 18 years. It's mm-hmm. a lot at one at one company. And so there's a lot of understanding of, you know, what, what are the opportunities and what are the challenges? Okay. Um, I, I think another one is our custom config department. We we touch so many orders uh, before they go out of the warehouse on behalf of our customers to tweak and do things uh, to, to enable them to make more money once it goes out there. And we don't shy away from doing anything, um, whether it's putting a label on it to say, you know, this is from software company ABC with a 1-800 number to call for support to taking everything out of a box, stacking a whole point of sale system, putting it in a brand new carton to their liking, their colors, and uh, hot foaming it. And all they do is plug it in. We, we do all of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big differentiator. And lastly, you know, we are uh, the only privately held uh, distributor, uh, global distributor. And there's six of us on the board of directors. Every one of us works six, seven days a week at Blue Star. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk in, you don't have to explain to anybody what RFID is. You don't have to explain to anybody what omni-channel means. And decisions are made very, very quickly. So for us to turn our ship around in the channel, it's very easy to do as compared to some of uh, the other folks. So if there's anything that anybody would like to say, I sort of need a custom this, or I need a special partnership for this, or I need a unique arrangement for this, we're standing there open arms and saying, we love those challenges, bring them to us. That's great. Well, Star definitely appreciates the partnership and Blue Star has such a creative and unique way of, you know, providing programs and assistance to people on the channel. So we, we always appreciate that. Um, well, we appreciate you guys. I mean, you're our oldest partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today and your insight. If any of our listeners want to connect with you further or connect with Blue Star, where can they find you? So uh, they can always just email me at mfraker. That's F-R-A-K-E-R at bluestarinc.com. But I'll tell you, I travel a lot. And so I'm going to give you my cell phone number and I'll take your cell phone uh, call any day of the week. And that's 248-910-9933, 248-910-9933. If I don't call you right back, I'm probably on a plane or on a Zoom call, but I will call you back as soon as I get off that plane or off that Zoom call. That's great. Thank you so much. And for Star Micronics, you can find us at starmicronics.com or on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And of course, if you like today's episode, please leave us a positive review, a thumbs up, a subscribe, any of those things. So thank you again, Mark. Brianna, thank you very much. And thank you, Star, for giving us the opportunity. Absolutely.